Hello there. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from a very special guest speaker whom we're excited to have with us for this episode. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! Today we are going to talk about the brave and the bold, and I don't know if any of you guys have ever uh, watched Rocky and Bowinkle. Anybody in here? You know how they would have like two names? So I have two names for my sermon. It is uh, the brave and the bold or to boldly go, right? For some of you uh, Star Trek fans, to boldly go or no man has gone before, right? We have been called to go out and to make disciples, to be bold, to be brave. So I'm going to start off with a little story today. Um, just to get you guys to kind of understand where I'm at. And to think about the most courageous or brave. Think about that. Okay, this is a rhetorical question. But you can answer it if you're brave enough, okay? I, I would love it. I'm that kind of guy where I like to, you know, question answers. That's totally good. What is the bravest or the most courageous thing that you've ever done? Anybody? Any takers? Any takers? Okay, that's okay. I'll do it. That's what I'm here for. So today I'm going to tell you a story that if you guys can get back in the Wayback Machine, we're going to go back to 2012. 2012, a much simpler time. Uh, I didn't have a beard. My kids were smaller. Uh, actually, my son was six years old and my daughter was four. And we went to the beach Orange Beach. Anybody like Orange Beach? All right. The cool thing about Orange Beach is it's kind of like Georgia. You never know what kind of water you're going to get. You go one morning and it's just full of seaweed. The next morning it's halfway seaweed. Then the next day, no seaweed at all. And then if you're lucky you or blessed, you get clear water, right? So on the last day of our trip, we, you know, there was a storm and we had a uh, we were about to leave, but the water was so clear that we were like, okay, we had seaweed all week. We're going to get the clear water. So we go to the clear water. We're going out, and guess what? There's a sandbar. Anybody ever like to go to the sandbars, right? For a six-year-old, for a four-year-old, this is not a sandbar. This is an island, right? So they're like, Daddy, take me to the island. And I'm like... Whatever you want, kids, because that's the kind of dad I am. I'm like, they're, they're like, let's build a rocket ship. You got duct tape? You know, that kind of thing. That's what we do. So I'm like, all right, let's go. So they were into pirates. They were like, maybe we can find treasure on this island. So I get out there, and I've got them on both sides of my, you know, uh, on my arms, on my shoulders, kind of holding them like this, like parrots, you know, and we're just singing little songs. Do, 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 do. This is the way, you know, baby shark, shark. That's probably not appropriate. Anyway, so we go, we get out there, we get up onto the uh, sandbar island, and they're playing around. They're having a good old time, and uh, we hear some commotion up the up the way, and um, I'm like, oh, bless their heart. It's a youth group. I remember so many times when I was a youth pastor that I would take my vacation to take the youth off. So I was, I was commensurating with these people. And I was like, oh, there's a youth group over there. That's awesome. And they're running up and down. They're having a good old time. So we're playing pirate on this little island, this sandbar. And uh, all of a sudden we hear, hey, hey, hey. We look out. 
I'm probably, we're as far out as if I'm here and I'm going to get coffee, right? So you can see the, you can see the area, and I knew that the water was come up to about right here. So I'm on this island, and I realized that it starts to kind of, the sandbar is deteriorating a little bit, right? It's that time of day where the, the, the waves are coming in, and people are going, hey, 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 and I'm like, hey, 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 I got it the first time, hello. And uh, they're like, hey, hey, hey. And I go, what? And I look over, and out of nowhere, just like Jaws, the movie, I see the fin come up. And what had happened was there was a shark that got trapped in between the beach and the sandbar, right? And the tide's coming in, and it's desperately trying to get out, okay? So this shark is going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I'm sitting there on this deteriorating island <laughs> with two kids that don't know what's going on and I was not going to have that go on so I was like hey kids it's time to get off this island and as I'm doing this I'm picking them up I get them on my shoulders and I'm I'm headed this way I'm not headed towards I'm looking this way and two more fins pop up um, I'm at this point you know, uh, needing to probably get some new uh, swimwear. And I'm trying to think about how do I get out of this situation? Um, but you, as dads and moms know, there's a point where you are scared, you're, you don't know what to do, and then you're like, I got to do it. It's, it's this or nothing. I got to go. So I get on, I get my kids, we're singing these silly songs, and I'm looking at the, I see the shark go by there, and I'm like, okay, he's going, let's be very slow, right? You got to be slow, because if you start making too much noise, you become food, right? They're like, oh, wow, there's something over there in the water that's really big and, and moving around. So we're doing this, and we're like, this is the way we do not die, do not die, do not die. This is the way we do not die. Let's get to the beach, please. You know, I'm praying and I'm asking God for help. And I'm like, and my, you know, I have my family is sitting on the beach and they're like, like this. And I'm going, do not freak out, do not freak out, do not freak out, do not freak out. Because the kids, they're just like, Daddy, we're having a great time. And I'm like, I wish I was, you know. So we get there to the end of the thing. We find out that this, this shark, this hammerhead type shark, you know, it's a bottom feeder, which was great. I didn't know at the time. So, I mean, it still could get me, but it wasn't a great white, which was, you know, I have, you know, you get that violin music and I get scared. Um, so this is, if we will, I've got a video that kind of shows you a little bit so you know that I'm telling you the truth. This is kind of what happened is there's my son. Uh, they're going out to the sandbar, and this is my mother's phone. That looks like a little shark, but I promise you it wasn't. And any shark, I don't care how small it is or how big it is, it's a shark, right? And if you're in the water, yikes. So was I brave? Was I bold? Was I scared out of my mind? Absolutely. And then in 2015, my, my daughter decides to say, oh, guess what? You had a shark encounter with two children. Here, hold my bottle. 
And she decides to uh, be born in the back of a car. And we're 4 o'clock in the morning. And dad is trying to deliver baby on the side of the road in Marietta. So the shark attack, that's why I've got gray here. And my baby being born and me having to deliver is the other gray mark. So just because I was courageous and had to do something to get out of a situation or to protect myself, just because I showed boldness or courage didn't mean that I was not scared. So I want you to think about this. Um, Today we're going to look at two men of the Bible that were both brave and bold and understand that the same God that called them called you guys, us as the church. And so uh, let's pray real quick and we're going to jump in. Dear Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that you will be with us, that you will guide us, mold us, and protect us, Father. Help us to be bold and courageous. Help us, Father, to understand the mission and that we do not miss the plot, Father, of why we are here and what you've called us to do. We love you, Father, and we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. Amen. All right, so if you guys got your Bibles, open up to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. And it's on the screen. Awesome. There you go. So I want to ask you a question. Has anybody ever had to take over for someone that was awesome and they had this awesome role and then you come in behind them? How intimidating is that? Is it pretty intimidating? pretty intimidating, right? You're like, I'm going to be compared to them? Okay. So I'll just be honest with you. We know that all the people in the Bible were people, right? They were not, you know, I think when I was little, I got the vacation Bible version of all the heroes, and they had no faults, and they were like, ha-ha. And I was like, I can never relate to them. But when I got older, I realized that they were as fallible as me. And it gave me hope that God will use another fallible person, you know, a messed up person, a person that doesn't have it all together, to be able to be used by him. And so I think about Joshua. So we open up Joshua, and we see that Joshua and God are having a conversation here. Um, I bet you, do you think Joshua was brave? Yeah. Do you think Joshua was courageous? Yeah. Do you think Joshua knew what to do? Because, you know, he served under Moses. But there's a difference when you become the main guy, right? Or the main leader or the main one, right? You, you want to look over to the next person. You're like, oh, I don't have someone to take the, the blame. It's all on me. The buck stops here. And so Joshua, in his humanity, was probably pretty scared, uh, probably a little frightened, uh, maybe a little concerned. Can I do this? Can I get this done? So let's read. It says this, O Lord, what can I say when of Joshua 7, 8? All right. Let's read right here. I'm going to read this one. Um, Joshua 7, 8, because that's not, I don't think that's it. Here we go. All right. You got Joshua? Is Joshua? All right. Here we go. 
<laughs> I know, right? Be bold and find your place. There we go. I have paper. I have papers here too, and they're like I didn't see them. See? Wow. Okay. Here we go, guys. Joshua one seven through eight. And it says this. I'm actually going to go up to six. Here we go. Actually going up to five. Here we go. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as is with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall uh, cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them, only to be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant and command, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Did you notice something in that scripture? How many times did God say, be strong and courageous? Three times. Can anybody tell me why? Anybody have an idea? Okay. There's several reasons. Three is, you know, usually theologians will say that's a, the completion, right? It's like telling you. But it's also for the audience, right, that he's talking to. It's important. So guess what? I'm going to tell you three times because I want you to get it, right? So it's to benefit the audience who needs to pay attention. And it's to draw emphasis. Think about it. Joshua probably needed to hear that three times. He needed God to tell him, hey, I'm with you. See, he also said something else. He said, be strong and courageous because I'm going to be with you. So it's not just, hey, be strong and courageous on your own power. Don't be strong and courageous because you're awesome. Don't be strong and courageous because Moses trained you. Be strong and courageous is because I'm with you. And if I am giving you a task, I'm going to equip you for it. So... Buckle up, buddy. Let's get going on this adventure, you know. So I look at it as a human uh, standpoint, is that if I put myself in Joshua's position, I'd be like, oh, buddy, here we go. I got to take over after Moses. Yikes. But God tells him, hey, I've chose you. Go. Let's go. Spend time with me. Listen to my instruction. And I will be with you. I will help you be successful. All right, so I don't know about you guys, um, but my mom, when she would leave me watching my brother at home, she would always um, emphasize something like three times, right? Now, don't let your brother eat ice cream. Clean up, do the laundry, walk the dog. Do not let your brother eat ice cream. Do the dog, do the laundry. You can play games, get your homework done. Do not let your brother eat ice cream. Guess what happened? I got confused. I started playing Nintendo. My brother ate ice cream. He was lactose intolerant, so we had to go to the hospital. Yay! 
nothing like your mother coming back and saying, I said it three times, right? So uh, the reason that God says it three times is sometimes it needs to get into our noggins, okay? So we have to be strong and courageous. I want to do something real quick. I want you to understand something. When God calls you to something greater than yourself, guess what's going to happen? It's okay to be frightened. It's okay to be unsure. But it's not okay to leave it there, right? We can be scared. We can be concerned. We can be frightened. But one of the biggest things that we need to do is don't let that deter us. If God calls you to something, he'll equip you to it. For me... I was on an island with my kids. There were sharks to the back of me, sharks in front of me. I had to get my kids to the beach. And I was solely responsible. Was I scared to death? Oh, my goodness, yes. Everybody's like, oh, you're so brave. I was like, you didn't see inside my brain. It was screaming, ah, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, put on a game face. And you're like, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm a superhero, you know, you know, that kind of thing. But no, I was scared. And it's okay to be frightened when God calls you to do something. But don't let it keep you from not doing it or going out. Because I, I think sometimes people may over-spiritualize it and they say, Oh, if you're frightened, then you don't have faith. Well, no, you're a human. You're a human being. You can be, you can be scared of the unknown. But we also need to remember that when God is with us, nothing can come against us, Right? So when we have God in our lives and we are walking with God in our lives, we have nothing to fear because he is with us and he fights our battles. Um, a scripture that is not on here that I wanted to just share off the top real quick that kind of helped me through some really rough times the last couple years is Exodus 14, 14, where it says, God will fight for you. You must only be still. Sometimes... We have to just be still and let him fight for us. Get us ready, right? Maybe he's like, hey, I got it. Come on, follow me, follow me. Yeah, I got it. I'm going to fight your battles. You don't, have to, you don't have to do it. All I need is your obedience. All I need you to do is follow me. All right, so here we go. Um, we're going to look at some words here. I don't know if you guys like to get the word, you know, the understand what words are and different things like that. I love, I don't know any Reader Digest people in here. You know, I, I grew up without, uh, I grew up without cell phones. You know, my kids were like, what cell phone did you have? I was like, that was science fiction, sir. Uh, that was only on Star Trek that you saw where you're like, all right, everybody, let's see who we're talking to, you know. And then this was Dick Tracy. If anybody, uh, you know, Dick Tracy, he would talk to people on the watch. Um, but here we go. We're going to look at courage, the word courage. And in the Bible, we look at the Greek version of courage is theros. Can you say that with me? Theros. Very good. I feel like Dora. Very good. Okay. Right, here we go. The ability, so here's the definition. The ability to do something that frightens you, yet you still face the obstacles with a purpose. So when God's calling him to courage, he also knows that we might have a fear because we're human, right? But our fear should not outweigh our trust in our Heavenly Father. 
So I want to set up another word because I told you that we were talking about Joshua. We're going to switch gears and we're going to go to a man named Peter. You may know him from the New Testament. He kind of, you know, denied Jesus three times. He's also cut off an ear. He was a zealous guy, very, very uh, just kind of, we probably know somebody in our life that's like a Peter, right? Just kind of jumps. He's like, I'm jumping out of the boat, and I'm cutting off an ear, and now I'm going to hide from a little girl, you know. We don't know, but then he was having breakfast with Jesus, right? And Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Three times, remember, importance. And he used Peter to change the world, okay? We can mess up. We can mess up. We can have sin in our lives. We can ask God for forgiveness, and guess what? He will redeem us, and he will use us. Let's look at the word bold. This one's a little bit more difficult, okay? Say it with me. Per-ra-si-ha. Can you say that? Sounds like a Star Wars character. Per-ra-si-ha. It means an outspokenness, assurance, courage, and strict confidence and obedience to someone or something, which leads me to our first point. Boldness is action born out of belief. Boldness is action born out of belief. What we believe determines how we act. You can look at it in any, any way, right? From your home life to your economic life to your work life. What, you know, we can be bold and action is born out of belief. What do we believe in? What do we hold true to? As Christians, we believe that God is there, that he is going to take care of us, that he is stronger than anything, that he will guide us and he will mold us and direct us along the path. So what you believe determines how you behave. Worried about what people think? Are you timid? We can, are you scared of failure? Are you cautious? God is calling you, empowering you to be bold. Let's look real quick at Acts chapter 4, verse 8 through 12. And I'm going to do a little previously. You know, you know, on the TV shows, they always go, previously on. So it's like, previously on, Acts. So, uh, Paul, you know, Peter is kind of, he's out and about, he's in a town, he's, he's doing his thing, and all of a sudden, there's a man that needs to be healed, he heals him, this man, you know, he's like, I'm going to heal this man, and guess what happens? The Pharisees get their tunics up in a bunch, and, uh, and they decide to have a, an emergency court case, they take them to a high seat of court and basically, they're going to want to try to convict him and kill him because he's a part of this movement that they thought they were going to end when Jesus died. So they're like, this guy needs to go. All right, so here we go. You got, are we all up to speed? All right. Acts 4, 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to the account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then now, then know this, 
you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you've crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else alone. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So Peter, he's grabbed up by this, you know, this uh, Gestapo police force, you know, put before a court system of these men that want to see him fail, want to see him out of the picture, would like to kill him. And he is talking to them. (laughs) He is talking to them in a way that they're not prepared for. They're like, what? This guy still smells like fish. And he's talking to us like uh, he knows where we went to school. Right? He's... Sticking, he, he's, he's keeping up with us. This is, this is crazy. So we look over here to the next part, and we see that Peter is now going to be... I love how they, they describe this. If we look in Acts 4.13, it says this, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. So... Um, a term here that we have in Paulding County would be bless your heart, right? They'd be like, well, bless your heart, Peter and John. You know, you guys are ordinary people and, you know, you've been, you know, we got you. We caught you red-handed. You're here before the court. Bless your heart. You know, you're ordinary, unschooled men. And they smell like fish probably still. You know, Peter was a fisherman, so I bet you he couldn't get that out. All right, so here we go. Let's look at the next one here. God gives ordinary, everyday people the opportunity to live out extraordinary boldness. Guess what? You are just like Peter. You are just like Joshua. You are just like all the history, the, the, the people in the Bible that we see. The reason and the difference between us and the heroes of the Bible is what? Does anybody, can they tell? You're like, a tunic. No. Sandals. No. What do you think it is? Obedience. When God asked them to do something, they followed him. Right? So let's look at some everyday examples of boldness that you guys can do. This is not on the thing, so if you want to write some of these down, it's good. But this is everyday things that ordinary people can do to show boldness in their life. Walk away from a fight. I know that's hard for some. Don't talk inappropriately. Let's do one that might hammer our toes a little bit. Share the gospel. Does the capital C church share the gospel like we should? Do we share the gospel like we should? Do we live out the gospel like we should? Here we go. Don't go with the flow when you know better. Stand up for someone that can't stand up for themselves. Here's one to maybe the teenagers or even some of the young adults. Risking popularity to do the right thing. Standing up for convictions. And the last one, leaving a comfort zone in order to grow in knowledge and truth to be able to be used by God. That's a big deal. 
that is a that is a thing that we like to be comfortable, right? I could have hung out on that little island until it deteriorated and uh, had fun with three sharks, but I decided to get out of there, right? So sometimes we have to go. God tells us to go, right? We need to go into our lives. We need to be the people that show people Jesus. Number three, Christ-centered boldness will astonish the world. Christ-centered boldness will astonish the world. Acts 4.13, and don't miss this. I missed this when I was younger, and I want to just, I'm going to go off on a little soapbox real quick. When you're reading the Bible, and you're trying to read it, like, meditate on it. Don't just try to run through it, but try to let it wash over you. I think we'll miss things, very important things, if we don't spend time reading and just getting into the Word. Um, anybody in here do the, the Bible in a year? Right? Have you ever done the Bible in a year? If you've done that before, it's hard to keep up. Sometimes you're like, I'm just reading all kind of chapters all day, every day, you know. And that's fine. Do that. It is a challenge. But meditate on the scriptures. Don't, let, don't lose what God may be trying to tell you. This is a very important part and could be totally lost if you're just reading this through real quick. Acts 4.13 says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Let me say that again. They also recognized these men who had been with Jesus. They could not deny it. They could not deny what was being said. They weren't able to fight it. They were kind of discombobulated because they were expecting a really quick, fast trial. And here's Peter handing them their bottoms in a one-on-one monologue where he's bringing back Scripture. And they're like, oh, check this. we got to check this. Oh, my gosh, he's right. You know, it's like, this is scary, right? So let's see what happens in the next part. Verse 14. But since they could not... But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they perform a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them back in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and we have heard. I love that part right there at the end. It comes down to two things. We cannot help but speak about this. Are we going to, which is right in God's eyes, listen to you or listen to him? It's a choice between, are we going to listen to the world? Are we going to listen to ourselves? Are we going to listen to popular culture? Are we going to listen to God's word? 
the Holy Spirit when he's telling us to do and to go. Um, you have your Bibles, and I hope that you, I hope you put some mileage on them during the week. Because we cannot be bold and brave. We cannot be like these heroes of the Bible if we're not in God's Word. Time with Jesus builds your faith, which leads to boldness that produces spiritual strength and maturity to face any obstacle that we may face. Guys, we need to spend time in God's Word. If we don't know God's Word, we can't go God's way, right? And that's where a lot of people get in trouble. So the common denominator between Joshua and Peter's journey is obedience. Can anybody tell me what obedience is? Moms and dads out there, tell me what obedience is. Yes, to mind, to listen, to follow through and obey, right? They did what God asked them to do. Let's look at what God asked us to do. God asked us to have a relationship with Him, to spend time with Him, to grow in Him, to be remodeled every day by Him taking the lies that we easily believe and extracting them and changing them for the truth of the Word of God. And so we have to spend time in God's Word because if we don't, we can be easily tripped up. We can easily be scared out of things. We can easily be frightened out of these big, awesome things that God wants to do. And uh, I don't want you guys to miss out on that. Um, there is uh, a, I'll show you guys at the end, so we'll do it at the end. But James, if you guys got your Bibles, open up to James chapter 1, 22 through 25. I love this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Isn't that just a... A given. Isn't that just something that we should do? But it's so hard for us at times, right? Listen to the God's word and do what it says, right? If we did that, the world would be a much better place, right? So here we go. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he sees or what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have read or heard, but doing it, putting it into practice, they will be blessed in what they do. How many people in here, and don't point to your neighbor if they are the culprit, uh, have anybody in their family that takes forever to get out of the bathroom because they're primping and proffering and making sure that their hair looks good and all that kind of stuff. Anybody have somebody in their household that does this? That is way, oh, nobody wants to like, oh, okay, there we go. Okay, because nobody wanted to push anybody under the bus, but yeah, we have a couple, right? They're like, all right, my brother, you know, he was like doing models, poses in front of everything. He's like, you know, he stayed in the bathroom so long that like, my dad ended up building a new bathroom uh, on the extension of our house because he's like, uh, he's just, he's in there posing, you know. I don't know. Uh, so if you go in there and you go and you look at a mirror and you see that 
you're jacked up, right? You have the eye boogers and your underwear's hanging out out of your pants, and uh, your hair's all a mess, and your you, you got you know your eyes kind of closed up because you drooled in it. Uh, you know you have feathers from your pillow, and you're like, man, I'm jacked up. Well, it's time to go to school. Time to go to work. Nobody would do that, would they? What would they do first? They would take the feathers out of their hair. They would comb it. They would make sure the underwear band was back in. They would make sure that they looked presentable. Well, let me, let me, let me change that. Some people would. But uh, uh, we, some people spend too much time in front of the mirror, and some people not enough. But it's okay. Uh, one of the things that we don't want to do as Christians is if we don't get this under control and that we don't live out God's word, what we're going to do is we're going to give a distorted representation of Jesus. And I don't want to do that. Um, up here, you're going to see a picture that might scare you. Okay? That's, that's pretty scary. So that's me. That's how the public sees me. But if I am not doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm not reading God's word, I'm not taking care of the sin in my life, what happens is they see this. Right? Not literally, that would be funny if I could do that. But what happens is, is they see a distorted image of Jesus. Because guess what? We are to be the Bible that they read. We are to be the little Jesuses, right? The ones in the stand in the, you know, that's what Christian meant, little Jesus, right? We are to be a little Jesus for them to look at. Are we going to be perfect or all the time? Are we, we're going to mess up, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But... We should strive to be close and to be clean and to represent God. Um, if anybody has ever read, I love this theologian, uh, A.W. Tozer said this, Nearness is likeness. Nearness is likeness. The closer you are to something, the more you'll be like them. When I was little, my mom and dad had some people that they were like, you are not going to spend the night with them ever again. Because when you come home, you act like them and vice versa. And then they also had, oh, you're going to, oh, we love this guy. When he's around, it makes you a better person. Any, any moms and dads have that conversation? Okay, yeah, we had that. Uh, right. So the closer you are to something, the more like it you'll be. So the closer we are to Jesus, the more like him we will be. Do you spend time daily with your heavenly father? I'm going to ask you this question and then we'll be done for today. And you can be like, that Rick guy. Hope we can get out and uh, get to uh, the Wendy's or whatever. But uh, <laughs> used to be Ryan's, but rest in peace, Ryan's. Uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just need a golden corral or something. So let's look at this. I'm going to leave you with this. Does your speech actions and the way that you treat others inform others that you have been with and belong to Jesus. I'm going to ask that one more time and I want you to think about it. Does your speech, what you say, your actions, how you act, the way you treat other people, the Bible tells us right away that people will know us by They'll know who we follow by how we love, right? So we need to understand that we treat others, inform others that you have been with and belong to Jesus. I hope one day, you know, 
uh, if anyone ever were to walk in, you know, they were, you know, maybe I, I don't know, one day when I'm old and I, I pass away and on my tombstone, whatever, people are talking at my funeral, I hope that Jesus comes up, right? I hope that when people think of Rick, that maybe the first thing they think about is that he loves God. That's what I want. That's what I want for my kids to know. That's what I want for those kids to know. That's what I want for you to know is that if you see Rick, you see Jesus. That's what I want. Does that always happen? No, because I'm fallible and I mess up. But every day I can ask for forgiveness and God will give it to me. He'll restore me, redeem me, and remake me in a way where I can be used for him and his purpose. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.